and and pray the Lord will see fit to bless them. All right, turn with me to uh, the book of Hebrews, the third chapter. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. Um, we want to read a couple of verses here. It was going to be our text for tonight, and, and I'm going to try this for a while and just taking a text as in, in sequence as we do in preaching a message each Wednesday night instead of going through all, all through the teaching session as we've been doing uh, lately. Uh, but um, in, in Hebrews, the seventh chapter, I mean third chapter in the seventh verse, he says here, we, we preached on the sixth verse last week, he says on the seventh verse, wherefore has... Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, and these are important words, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity we have to come together. It's just so good to be able to come and meet our people. I, I look forward to the day when we can connect up and be, you know, at least hug each other. And, and Father, what a, uh, it's, it's, it's hard now when we've been used to doing that. And, but, but Lord, I, I pray that for the day will come when we can go back to doing that. Lord, I just pray for everything. I pray for everyone, Lord. I pray for this world, Lord. This world is sick and, and this world needs to be healed. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll send whatever it takes to heal it, Lord. And I was thankful to hear this morning that uh, they were giving out this morning that they do now really believe that the sunshine and the heat and everything was helping the south down here and, and, uh, and the, uh, the southwest uh, from uh, helping clear up some of this virus. And, Lord, I'm thankful for that. And I pray every morning, Lord, you'll send the sunshine. Now, Lord, bless us in everything, for it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. Title of this message tonight and what these, two, what these two verses are about is gross unbelief. This is, this is where this is going, gross unbelief. Now, we spoke of the still small voice Sunday, uh, I believe, in order... To know you are saved, you will have to know you heard that still small voice in being born again. I believe that. I believe you have to hear that still small voice. And I believe if you're saved today, you heard that still small voice. Uh, you, you might say, well, I, I didn't know anything about it then. I didn't either. I didn't learn about the still small voice until a lot later after the Lord saved me. But I do know now that there was something speaking to me uh, in the sense of uh, uh, when the Lord saved me. So I, I, I believe that you, I believe that before you're saved, you're going to have to hear that still small voice in being born again. The new birth in all, Je- in, in, in all, is, I'm sorry, the new birth is all Jesus told Nicodemus that he he must have in order to See the kingdom, the everlasting kingdom of God. Uh, that's what he told Nicodemus. He said, he told Nicodemus, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, 
Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's in John 3, 3. That's very emphatic. And matter of fact, he says it two more times. Says it a little differently, but it's the same thing. He says it two more times, and he also talks about in that same ch- chapter, chapter 3 of John, uh, he, he also talks about uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, how the wind blowing. He said the new birth is, is when the wind blows. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know where it goes. But, but we do know that it blew. And that's the same way it is with the still small voice. You may not know where it went to. You may not know where it came from. And you don't, you, you may not know where it went after it, after it spoke to you. But, uh, but at any rate, uh, you must hear that voice in order to be, in order to be, uh, uh, saved. So what Jesus told Nicodemus is very clear. It's very understandable and very true, especially if it comes from the way, the truth, and the life. This comes straight from Jesus. Not, it's not Brother Paul. It came straight from Jesus. This is, Jesus did not, did not go into any doctrinal thing with Nicodemus. Nicodemus wanted to know, uh, about more about him, wanted to know more about, uh, eternal life. And Jesus just told him straight out, clearly, what it, what, what it means to have the eternal life. And so that's a, that was a clear thing. Now, if we're to understand what it means to be born again, we trust that we know that God has spoken to us. You know, you know if God has spoken to you. I'm telling you folks, I, uh, God has spoken to me many times, not, not through an audible voice. That's heresy. But not through an audible voice. But through this still small voice, uh, I prayed uh, yesterday. I was looking for a message for Sunday morning, and and I prayed yesterday, and 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 I know without a shadow of doubt that something spoke to me and told me what to preach on. As a matter of fact, it it told me to go and preach where the blood of Jesus speaks. Blood of Jesus speaks, and that's what we're going to be preaching on Sunday morning. It's, it's interesting that the, the very context there and what what it's talking about there, and it is is very interesting. So we 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 must know that God has spoken to us, and He goes on to say, He says, "Today, if you if you will hear His voice, today if you will hear His voice, He says, today." If you, if ye will hear his voice. Now, we, we, we don't hear the audible voice. God doesn't speak to us in, in audible anymore. Uh, God did speak sometimes through the angels and things in the Old Testament. But God, God doesn't just come out and speak to us. I, I remember when I was in the seminary, we had a fellow that came and preached in the chapel services. And first thing he said was, he was out on a mountain, I've told you this before, but just to go to show you that God doesn't speak to us like that anymore, he he, he said, I was out on a mountain this past Saturday, and he said, I was studying my Bible, and he said, God spoke to me from the sky. 
And Dr. Roscoe Brong, he, he thought he was asleep, but he raised his eyes up and opened his eyes, and he said, what did you say? He said, I was out on a, he said, I was out on a mountain studying my Bible, and God talked to me from the clouds. And he told him, he said, brother, it's time you sat down, because he said, you're about to get into heresy. And he looked, he, brother Brown looked at me, and he said, get up there, brother Jackson, and finish it up. And that, you're talking about impromptu, that was impromptu, because I wasn't scheduled to preach in chapel, but he, he told me to get up there and finish it. But at any rate, uh, today, if, if you will hear his voice, yes, God does speak to his children. God has always spoken to man in many different ways. God has spoken to man in many different ways. In the Old Testament, he spoke to his people by signs. And, and also even sometimes in a dream that he speaks to his people. In, in the Old Testament now, that don't happen anymore. God's not, as I tried to, had a big argument with a brother several years ago over he, he said he had a dream and he knew it was God talking to him through the dream. God doesn't do that anymore. It, 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 it does not teach that in the New Testament anywhere that God speaks to us. The only time the dream is mentioned in the New Testament is when it says old men will dream dreams. And, and what that means is that old men will dream about things that they used to do that they can't do anymore. And, and believe me, you do. You dream about those things that, that, you, uh, that you used to do, but now you can't do them anymore. And that's, uh, that's what he refers to there. So, so, uh, but he's not speaking in a dream in, in the New Testament. You don't find that anywhere. As I said, that's the only place dream is mentioned in the New Testament. Now, the cloud guided the people by day and the fire by night. The Israelites, when they were coming out of Egypt. And, and so that was a sign. God said, I'm going to give you a sign. He said, daytime, there's going to be a cloud. He said, nighttime, there will be a ball of fire. And he said, you follow wherever that cloud, if that cloud moves, you move. If that ball of fire moves, you move. And they did. And, and that was God's way of speaking to them and telling them where to go and how to go. He did it with signs. Uh, as far as Israel was concerned. But Jacob was spoken to in a dream. Jacob was spoken to in a dream. The cloud guided the people by day and the fire by night. And, and if any chose not to use those signs, he would be destroyed. I mean, he would be destroyed. The Egyptians would have caught him and killed him and that had been it. He said, when the cloud moves, you move. When the fire moves, you move. It's the same thing today. When God speaks to us, we move and we do what he tells us to do. And I'm going to tell you, God doesn't speak to you in going and sinning. God never leads anybody into sin. I want you to understand that. I've had people tell me, well, I believe the Lord wanted me to go. I had a man one time several years ago. As a matter of fact, he was a professor and, and, uh, he, he thought a lot of me until he invited me down to preach at his church and I preached for an hour. 
And he told him, when I got done, he said, I didn't tell you to preach for an hour. I said, well, I preached. And from that day forward, he, he never had a lot of respect for me. But at any rate, uh, he uh, had a man tell me, he said, you know, I bought me a Playboy the other night. Now, this is a professor in a seminary. I'm not going to mention who it is because there'd be some out there who know, knows who I'm talking about. But he said, I went and bought me a Playboy. I said, why would you buy a Playboy? He said, well, I believe that you need to look at it and see what's going on in the world. I, I thought to myself, I was, I was just a young preacher then. I thought to myself, God doesn't do like that. I knew God didn't do like that. As young as I was as a preacher, I knew that God didn't lead men into stuff like that. He felt like God was leading him to go buy a Playboy so he could see what's going on out there in the world. Had another man who was supposed to be a, uh, a Christian. He said that the Lord led him to go into a bar and drink with some people so he could witness to them. I don't believe that either. I don't, I don't believe God leads men to do things like that. I just don't believe it does. You know, if you wind up doing things like that, you're going to be destroyed. You really are. You're going to be destroyed. And, 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 and the world's, if the world doesn't destroy you, God will get you. And, um, something that a lot of people, I, I don't think, believe today. <clears throat> there, there was safety in the signs, just as there is safety in a new birth today. That's a sign. That, that, that is, that is a, that is a sign coming from the very voice of God. The new birth. There's safety in the new birth. If you're born again today, you're going to heaven. If you're not, you're not. You may say, well, I've been coming to Landmark Baptist Church for years. That doesn't make any difference. I'm telling you folks, that doesn't make any difference. If you haven't been born again, you're not going to go to heaven. And you can't say that anybody else is in heaven and hadn't been born again. You know, they may be believers. I, I'll have to, uh, disagree with John Piper. I heard him preach today on the internet and, uh, he made a statement about, he said there, there is no use in dif dif differentiating between Calvinists and Armenianism. And I kept saying to Rhonda's cell phone, while I was listening to it all, I kept telling Rhonda's cell phone, I know you're a, you're a great man and you, you looked up to John Piper, but I'm not a Calvinist. I'm a Baptist. I kept telling him that. But he just kept on talking about th that there's hardly any difference between a Calvinist and an Armenian. And he's right, they're not, because a lot of Calvinists are Armenians, and, and, and a lot of Armenians are Calvinists. They say they are. You talk, you talk to some of them around here that claim to be Calvinists, they're Armenian. And that's what he's referring to. What, what's any use in us standing and arguing about it, you know, when we, we don't need to differentiate between it. But he went on to say that, you know, just because we're Calvinists, that's when I spoke up. I said, Brother Piper, I know he didn't hear me, but I said, Brother Piper, I said, I am not a Calvinist, I am a Baptist. And he didn't hush up, he just kept going.
But at any rate, uh, uh, we have to we have to realize that you know there's safety in the new birth. There was there was safety in the signs in the Old Testament. There was safety in the cloud. There was safety in the fire that God sent. But there's also safety in the new birth. Jacob had no other choice. He was alone in the night and had to listen to God in order to get the message God was sending him. Jacob was not going to let the angel go until he was blessed. All this happened when after Jacob went to sleep. All this happened. God got his message to Jacob that he would no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. So God got his message through to Jacob through a dream. And, and so we, we need to see that and understand that. Jacob called the place where all this happened at, he called the place Peniel. And uh, which means I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Oh, boy. You know, we, we'll never see God face to face. We'll, we'll see Jesus face to face. I'm going to tell you, the day I see Jesus face to face, I know my life's been preserved. But I already know my life's been preserved. I knew my life was preserved all through some of the things I did and I went through. Uh, and, and some of the things I did, Brother Sam, when I was in the military, you just wouldn't want to hear about it. And uh, But the, the fact is, uh, I used to be a drill sergeant, and some of the language I used wasn't pretty. And uh, but, uh, but the fact is, I, I've, I've been through a lot in my lifetime, but I know now that God preserved me because I should have been dead. I should have been dead. I really should have. There wasn't no, there wasn't no sense in me still living. I was, I was useless. I was useless as a person. And, and, but I know God preserved me. All that's taught in Genesis 12 and verse 24 through 30. When one experiences a new birth, he too has seen God only by faith. That's right. How do you recognize who's speaking to you if if by faith you don't see God? You may not see him visibly, but you see God because God's a spirit. You can't see God anyway. He's a spirit. And so thereby, when we understand this, now, if we're to understand what it means to be born again, we must know not to refuse God speaking to us. Don't ever refuse when God's speaking to you. Don't ever say, don't ever try to bargain with God. Don't ever say, well, God, I can't do that right now, but I'll do it tomorrow. God, I can't do that right now because I've got too many irons in the fire. You know, we, 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 we have to realize that you cannot refuse God speaking to you. He says, harden not your hearts. Oh, boy. How, how many hard hearts have I heard? I've heard people say, well, I would have done it, but uh, I just wasn't able to. I just had too much to do. Don't harden your heart when you know God wants you to do something. 
Why, God wants you to do something. Brother Sam was back there talking to them about Brother Samaru. Brother Sam was back there talking to them because God led him to go back there and talk to him. He had Brother Samaru on his mind. God had put Brother Samaru on his mind. And Brother Samaru, if you're listening today, you know, we're going we're gonna to take care of you, brother. We're going to take care of your stuff. And so uh, I thank the Lord for that. This is gross unbelief. Harden not your hearts. This is gross unbelief. That's the title of my message. This is gross unbelief. In Israel's journey in the wilderness, there were many who hardened their hearts against God. They, they spoke. They spoke out, they spoke out against God because of the lack of water and food. They spoke out against God. There, there was millions of them. And every, every one of them who was 20 and, and, and over, tw- over 20, all died out there in the wilderness. We're talking about millions of them out there. Everybody 20 and under lived through it, got to go into the promised land. But all those that were 20 and over, they died out there in the wilderness. The Bible says they wandered for 40 years. Their shoes, their clothes didn't even wear out. I, I love to wear something for 40 years. I imagine it smelled pretty bad after 10 years anyway. But... Uh, their clothes didn't even wear out. But yet they spoke out against God. God was taking care of them all the way, but yet they spoke out against God. They said, we need water. We need water. And, and, and they, got, they got so bad one time that Moses got mad at them, and he hauled off and hit the rock. He didn't speak to the rock. And, and because of that, I don't believe Moses was lost. But I do believe in Moses. Moses was granted, wasn't granted some of the things that God had promised him because of that. That's why you don't sin. That's, that's why, that's why you, you, you listen for God and what God would have you to do. They did not believe this journey was divine chastisement because of their unbelief. They didn't, they didn't even know why they were out there in the wilderness. If they had, they would have kept their mouths shut. Just like today, if people, if people would realize, I, I, I believe there's people today that don't believe in divine chastisement because they go and do things deliberately, never looking for any chastisement. And I even had a white lady tell me many years ago, I preached on it and she caught me at the door back there and she said, I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree that God divinely chastises people, but he does. This was divine chastisement, folks. If you've never been chastised of God, then I think there's something wrong because he says he chastises every child he has. What is chastisement? It can go right on into death. It can go right on into a uh, uh, terrible chastisement. You, you don't you don't believe that uh, God doesn't get it right down to death's door. Ask Rhonda. She'll tell you. She'll tell you. 
I was preaching, started preaching against the holidays, and she didn't agree with me. She said, I just don't believe that's right. She didn't agree with me. And that went on for about a couple of years. Shelly was, I think, three years old, something like that. And we got, I got a call. I was in Cynthiana, and the sheriff stopped me, and I got a call, and he said, you got an emergency at your house. And I said, what's wrong? He said, I don't know. He said, you'll just have to go and see. And I took off, and I drove uh, about 40-some about 40 miles. And when I got to the hospital, I found out that Shelly was just about gone. Her little lips had turned blue. Her little t- fingernails, tips of her fingers had turned blue. And, the, and doctor, the doctor said, I don't remember who the doctor was, but anyway, he said, uh, he said, uh, he come and he grabbed me around the neck when I walked in. He said, if she don't breathe within the next 30, 40 minutes, seconds, or something like that, I mean, I think minutes, he said, we're going to lose her. About that time, Rhonda heard him. Rhonda got up and she left the room. And according to her testimony, she went into one of the back rooms and she asked God to forgive her for going against her husband and something he was teaching. And about that time, before Rhonda ever got back to the room, Shelly raised up and, <sighs> doctor grabbed me around the neck and he said, she's going to be all right. I do believe to this day that that was chastisement. And because of Rhonda seeing that and understanding that and asking forgiveness, God didn't take her on out. I know that happens. I know it happens. Listen, folks. One can sneer at the message of God One can even speak out against the message of God. However, God will never forget the gross unbelief. Just remember, the children of Israel who were in gross unbelief never did enter Canaan land. Those that were in gross unbelief, they never did enter Canaan land, the promise that is the promised land. Turn with me to Hebrews, the fourth chapter, if you would, over one page there, Hebrews, the fourth chapter. And I want to read something to you here about what what he says about it. He says in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, and the first verse said, Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of, of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. And, oh, they're not going to enter into his rest. They're going to come short of it. Look what he says. For unto us was the gospel preached. There, there does away with those people that teach the gospel wasn't preached in the Old Testament. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world.
He said, there's some of you won't enter into the rest. And you go on and read the rest of that fourth chapter, you'll find exactly what he's talking about. Paul, in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, Paul said, not all that say they are Jews are Jews. He said, some of them are fake Jews. He didn't say it like that, but I said it like that. Many sing the song. I know some of you have heard this song. I guess you have. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Do not pass me by. Yes, they never listen for that still small voice. Lord, don't pass me by. When the Lord's speaking to you, I don't, it don't make any difference. When he's speaking to you and you know he's speaking to you, there, there needs to be some changes taking place. There needs to be some changes taking place. I don't care what you've been told anywhere else. I don't care what you've been told by family. There need to be some changes taking place. Just as a lot of the Israelites did not put the blood on the doorpost and the lintel. Guess what happened to them? The Lord did not pass them by. He killed the firstborn. Listen, he killed the firstborn in that house. The ones that did not put the blood on the doorpost and the lintel. I don't care if they were Jews. He killed the firstborn. He killed the first. How many, how many here are the firstborn? You, Brandon? No, you're not. Oh, that's right. You're not. I believe Griffin is. There you go. He was already shaking his head. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the firstborn either. We're talking about male now. We're not talking about female. You, you, you women can wipe your head and say, Phew. I know Sam not the firstborn. <laughs> I wasn't the firstborn. I guess Griffin's the only one in here that's firstborn. Uh, but anyway, they, they, they too suffered death in their own household. Does God still chastise in this way? I know so. But I'm afraid there are a lot today who are in gross unbelief when it comes to certain truths of the Bible. They're in gross unbelief. I'm not going to believe that because that means I've got to quit doing what I'm doing. I don't want to believe that. But I'm going to say, may God bless you. Tonight is my cry. My cry to God is that he will bless you tonight. All right, let's be...